You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Steve Flagg, VP of Marketing at Compass Data Centers. Steve, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, nice to be here. So uh, tell us about a memorable marketing moment that you've had in your career. A memorable marketing moment. I don't know how memorable necessary it would be. When we first started Compass, we were starting from scratch. We had absolutely nothing. And we compete against companies that are infinitely larger than us. So to get noticed, we came up with a tagline said, Compass Data Centers makes all your data center dreams come true. And we invented a little character called the Data Center Fairy. <laughs> and we distributed over 2,000 of those things. And mm-hmm. according to our salespeople, they still show up on people's shelves. Really? Oh, so it was like an actual like little figure, like a like oh, a yeah. action yeah, figure. Oh, yeah. That was a little, little four-inch foam guy or whatever. But what we wanted was something, obviously, <laughs> that would catch somebody's eye, but then also would stick around so that, you know, anytime anybody looked up or whatever, there'd uh-huh. be the little foam fairy looking at him. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a memorable moment for sure. I mean, people still have them. So. Oh, yeah. So it oh, works. Yeah. Good I mean, idea. Not many, many data center companies that send out four inch foam fairies. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Did the fairy have a name? No, we just called him the data center fairy. Okay. We'll call them like Dady or something. Okay. So um, I know that in the data center world where marketing is concerned, there are a whole bunch of restrictions on what you can do, what you can say. So what kind of restrictions do you deal with? There's not any type of legal restrictions, as it were, but data centers are big buildings that cost tens of millions of dollars to build. So it Someone's not going to buy these like, you know, sitting in line at a register and picking up a pack of gum. And so what you find, you know, it's, it's obviously a pure business to business play is all the providers pretty much use the same channels to go to market. But for the most part, the companies, like I said, that we compete with are much bigger than we are. So we need to sit there and be able to create an impression in people's minds very quickly and have them remember who we are. So most data center advertising or promotion tends to be pretty boring. You know, like if there was a picture of it, it would be four guys standing around a conference table looking really concerned about something. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to do it for us. If we did that, it would be, Oh, who are these guys? So the challenge for us is really to come up with innovative ways and creative ways to use the same channels that our competitors use, but to offer something that's unique and certainly more compelling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Be- because you're like the little guy, so to speak, going ag- against the big Goliath. So you have to be more creative just in order to stand out and get people's attention. That's really it. You know, mm-hmm. and- what we want is when our, one of our sales guys calls on somebody or is in a meeting with somebody and they say, oh, you're the guys who, mm. then we've really done our job. Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's talk about that. So who are you the guys who? 
I know, I know you have all kinds of channels and, and you do all kinds of really creative content. So give us some examples of how you differentiate through these channels. All right. Well, we've made a decision about a year. Well, prior to about a year ago, we, as long as well as a lot of our counterparts, wrote a lot of technical white papers and they were fairly successful, but you know, they're read by a very precise sliver of the people who would be involved in a data center decision. So what we decided to do first was we really committed to bit going video with pretty much everything that we, that we do. Some of our competitors, for example, have a podcast. They'll talk about, oh, what's new in data center cooling, something like that. Well, we have a video cast that we do every month, and we're not going to talk about data center cooling. What we're going to talk about are things like what's the potential impact of nuclear power on the data center community? What, what's going on with legislation that's currently up before Congress that could impact the data center community? So we're always looking at things. There, It's related to data centers, but it's a different take than just a straight kind of deeply technical talk on a subject. Okay. And, and how do you do that? How do you engineer having these, these discussions around these broader topics? And I ask because it, it, it sounds like a lot of work, you know, like you have to know a lot about a lot of different things in order to create that kind of t- content. So how do you do it? Actually, I wish there was some magic to it, but a lot of times it's just things that you would read in the news, for example, or we'll see a tidbit about something and kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit to find out more and determine if it's something that really we can tie back to, you know, what our audience would be interested in. And from there, it's doing a lot of due diligence and making a lot of phone calls to get the right person to agree to be on the podcast or, you know, some other episodic video based content that we do. Okay. Well, that sounds key right there. So you're not doing all of this just internally, like talking to each other. You're talking to people out there in the industry who have something to say about all this. Oh yeah. A lot of times, you know, we'll have a rate, our regular Monday marketing meeting. And part of that is typically tossing out ideas for what we may pursue. You know, we have really three main kind of video-based content avenues that we, or programs, for lack of a better term, that we use. One is our video cast, and we call that Not Your Father's Data Center. So even from the very title, it's saying, okay, this is going to be something different. Then we also have monthly, and every bi-monthly show called Breaking Glass, and that's hosted by our chief information innovation officer. And she's been very active in trying to bring more diversity to both the construction industries and the data center industry as a whole. So there, her with, you know, I'll call it her producer, are looking for topics that are very relevant to like young women who are, you know, in STEM related majors in college or just beginning their career. And the show focuses on Nancy talking to 
another woman in the technical industry who has been extremely successful. And they are really, when you think about it, pioneers and talking about their experiences and I did this and this is what happened to kind of provide some, for lack of a better term, virtual mentorship for these young women Mm -hmm. who are entering the field. And then finally, we have a show that appears every other month that we call Horizons. And that is kind of a even more of a different take on things because there we're looking at an issue that's related, you know, basically technically based or application based in the data centers. And we don't look again at the technical side of things. We're looking at kind of the the so, social aspects, the economic aspects. So we just did one in January on titled Cyber Warfare, a new era, you know, a new era of war. And, you know, we found a gentleman who teaches at the U.S. Marine College, and he's an expert on the subject. And we just talked to them and basically posed questions that we think would be interesting again to the audience and then go from there. But again, it's it's related to the data center industry, but it's not the typical kind of content that you expect from a data center provider. Mm-hmm. And who is the audience for the, for these uh, shows that you produce? We deal with basically, or our targets are Fortune 1000 companies with a specific emphasis on really the largest cloud providers and if you and applications providers. And if you spent five minutes thinking about it, you could pretty much figure out who they are. And so it's the people in their real estate organizations who work to sit there and help identify locations for their next site. It's their IT organization. It's their operations organization. And then tangentially, it's really kind of those C-level executives that are involved in kind of strategic type thinking and visionary thought in terms of, you know, where the company wants to be in a few years. And by approaching things the way that we do, we certainly think that that demonstrates, you know, our bona fides in terms of being able to do the physical work. But more than that, that we're a company that is thinking about things differently than their other possible alternatives. And our goal as a marketing department is really to always be kind of, we say the top three in mind. So a company does decide that it needs a new data center, that it's like, I want to talk to these guys. Mm -hmm. Again, the companies that we compete with are so large, they don't really have to do anything. They're going to get a call no matter what. Mm -hmm we have to work much harder to make sure that we're included on that list that people want to talk to. Yeah. And now, so you've, you've made a deliberate decision in this content you're producing to go after kind of a broader audience, at least broader than you would get if you were just zeroing in on the very technical aspects. Right. And is that because in order to grow your business, you have to appeal to a wider range beyond just the technical people? Is, is that part of the strategy? Definitely, because what you have, the technical people are intimately involved, obviously, in the decision, because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, they don't have a job. Yeah. But data centers are becoming very strategic to what these companies do. It's like, where are our customers? 
can we service them in a satisfactory way? You know, you don't want to wait 10 minutes for your net, for a movie to download on Netflix. You don't want to have, you know, when you're playing Fortnite, all of a sudden the game stops. So it's those types of things. How big do they need to be? Where they need to be? When they need to have them? Those are all considerations that cut across the, the lines of business within those organizations. So the more that we're kind of integrated into the thoughts of the different people across departments, again, we think that it enhances our opportunities to get to participate in the selection processes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it sounds to me like you've, you've, recognize something really crucial. I think as you just explained that more and more in the data center industry, there's it strategy comes into play, the kind of strategy that you're going to have discussions about amongst the C-suite. And so you have to create content that's going to appeal not just to the technical specialists, but to the people who think broadly a little bit more holistically about the bigger picture. And it sounds like your content maps onto that really well, that you're the company that as you demonstrate through that content, has a bigger picture, more holistic way of thinking about data centers. That's really it. You know, be certainly when, you know, straight up when you're talking about Compass data centers or when you go to our website or whatever, you see the quality of the people that, you know, we have working for us. You know, for example, our founder actually was one of the founders of one of the largest competitors that we have. But again, you know, all that being equal, it's a lot easier for someone to sit there and say, well, I'll just go with these guys because they're bigger. Mm-hmm. And so you, we really feel that there's an onus on us to prove, prove to them that you need to talk to us because, again, we ha- we're going to bring a different perspective to the table. We want to, you know, work cl- more closely with you. We really want to understand what it is you try and do you're trying to do and not squeeze you into a prepackaged design. And we think by doing the things that we do, discussing the issues the way that we do, that really kind of lends credence to that positioning that we're trying to establish that we are a different kind of data center company. Yeah. Not your father's data center company. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We sit around being irreverent around here at Compass Data Centers. Yeah, 100%. So now I know as a a fellow content creator, it takes a lot of time, energy planning to create content, that kind of content at a high level and do it consistently. How do you measure the ROI? The ROI for us basically, certainly it comes from the sales that result from our activities, but in the data center world, a sale can last, the sales cycle can be anywhere from a year to three years. For example, mm-hmm. last year, we finally signed a customer that we've literally been working on for five years. So we're looking at things. I mean, we want to measure everything because, as you know, there's a bit of alchemy, alchemy in, in marketing. Mm-hmm. So our belief is, we want to measure everything that we possibly can. And if we can't measure it, we don't want to do it. So we focus quite a bit on awareness, how many people see, how big is the audience who see the content, their engagement with it. 
you know, how many people click on the link? How many people watch the video? How long do they watch the video? And then we're looking at the companies who are looking at this. We've got a list, a target list of about 70 companies that we've pre-established. So every time someone from those organizations are looking at that content, we're getting even more benefit than we ordinarily would. So those are kind of really kind of the three major things that we track. And then to a lesser extent, you know, we, with our PR efforts, for example, we do a lot of work in determining share of voice and ad equivalency to determine, you know, again, just for every dollar that we spend, particularly being like a smaller, a smaller company and competing against much larger ones, we have to get in our minds, $5 worth of return. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly measuring stuff and we're not afraid to try new things. And if they work great, if they don't work, we're not going to keep doing it. But the feeling is whether it works or it doesn't work, we always need to understand why. All right, Steve. Well, thank you so much for a great discussion. Learned a lot. Really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you very much for having me. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.